You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I am here with Pastor Matt and Pastor David, uh, and we are going to be digging a little deeper into the first couple chapters of Hebrews. Um, As you guys know, we've been going through this series at church, and we are two weeks in, um, so looking forward to kind of digging a little deeper here, but I guess before we get started... Um, It's snowing out, you guys. It's a little ridiculous. Like, Um, really big flakes. Yeah. I I did not anticipate snow today, and I don't like it. So there's my two cents. I'm fine. But it's going to be in the 40s by, like, Friday. So so whatever it is, no matter how bad it gets, I refuse to shovel today. Sure. Okay. So do you know uh, who Mark McDonald is, the pastor? He's an author. Did I say Mark his name right? McDonald? Yeah. James McDonald? No, Mark. No, I don't know who Mark McDonald okay, is. Okay, well, anyways, <laughs> author, there's a book on my but shelf. But James that McDonald, I know who that guy is, <laughs> so if that, if that helps you. Um, I happened to see on Instagram that he was at a church in Cedar Rapids oh. the other day, and he was talking about how cold it was. Where's he from? Um, I think Florida or oh, someplace it wasn't warm. Even that cold. I know, I was like thinking, um, this was kind of like an Iowa spring day. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's not even cold. <laughs> It's all relative, Go right? Go back to Florida, Mark McDonald. <laughs> so, I, I, sorry, I had to Google. Is this the, is this the guy you're talking about? Why Kids Make You Fat? Oh, That's no. like a book that came Maybe up. Maybe I'm saying his name wrong. I'm trying to think. No. Um, th- I think the book that I have on my shelf is um, Be Known for Something. Oh, because his other one is Body Confidence. Oh. So that's a different Mark A different McDonald's. guy. Uh, you know what? I bet that's a super con- – uh, Name that's very, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Common. Common, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> this is what we do, is, is yep. deep dive into those difficult words like <laughs> common. Talking is hard. I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. All right, well, let's get to it. Um, I know when you guys only have 40 minutes for your sermon, there are a gazillion other things you want to be telling us. Um, so this is your chance. Yeah. Well, I, I just I think the <laughs> book of Hebrews is we could legitimately spend a year working through the book of Hebrews. Sure. We'd get nothing else accomplished on Sunday mornings except work, walking through Hebrews, which wouldn't be bad, but we've got mm-hmm. other things we want to do. Uh, but there's so much in there. That, that really it could be a 52-week journey. And so for us to say, hey, we're going to walk through Hebrews in, in 10 weeks is, is a little bit tricky. And so there is more to dig into. So, uh, you know, in, in week one, we, we started with this idea that, that Jesus is superior to all things. Um, and, you know, I think the, the author starts with this, this idea of examining why is Jesus better? Um, and, and he starts with this, this whole thing about angels um, and, and why Jesus is better than angels. And angels are important, um, you know, in, in um, Judaism, in Christianity, we understand that the spiritual world is, is extremely real, um, that there is, this, um, there is this other realm, 
right, that is very much a part of the world that we live in. We just don't perceive it with our senses. And um, we see glimpses of that in Scripture where, where God allows uh, the physical realm to, to kind of view the spiritual. Think about um, uh, Elijah and his servant uh, when, when his enemies come against him and the servant is scared. Um, and, and God says, okay, well, or Elijah says, okay, we'll show him. Um, and, and God opens his eyes and he sees this army of angels that are um, surrounding the enemy. And it's, it's just this thing that's real. And Ephesians 6 talks about the, the principalities and, and, and powers of darkness and those things. There, there is a real spiritual world and angels are real. Um, and, and they play a big part in God's story and what he does um, on the earth. And so there's this idea that um, the author is putting forward that says Jesus is superior not only to every physical thing, which David kind of digs into in chapter 2, but he starts with Jesus is superior to everything in the spiritual realm as well. And I think that's, that's why Hebrews 1 starts out there is to say, you know, like, like for human beings, when we think about things of God, we think in the spiritual realm. And so the author starts with, oh, just so you know, Jesus is superior to every spiritual being. Um, and then he goes to great lengths to tell us why Jesus is superior to angels. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we only talked about the first three verses um, mm -hmm. in Hebrews as, as we kind of dug into this idea how God progressively revealed his, his will and his plan for people and how Jesus is the superior sacrifice and all of those things. But, you know, in, in, uh, you know it starts with in verse 4, you know, having become as much superior to angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For which did the, uh, of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Right? Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And so, you know, right off the bat, the author of Hebrews is, is pointing out that, you know what, Jesus is literally the son of God. And that God has never said that to an angel, right? Like to, to no other being has God ever said, you are my son and you mm -hmm. I'm well pleased um, and, and, and had that kind of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that becomes so critically important for us today, not because most of us assume that, that Jesus is just another spiritual being, um, but when we question the divinity of Christ, like, like that, that he is actually God in mm -hmm. flesh, that he is God's son, uh, and there are some there are some other faiths that would call themselves Christological faiths, right? Because Christological meaning that they're about Christ. Sure. Um, they would call themselves Christological, but but that they would teach a different doctrine than the divinity of Christ. They wouldn't teach us that Christ is superior to the angels. They would teach us that Christ is an angel, and maybe he's the best one, right? But that he is one of them, and. And so I think we have to be really careful about understanding and really holding firm to this idea, like the author is saying, that Christ is superior. He is the son mm -hmm. of God. And, and not only is he the son, but, but he's the firstborn. Like, you know, in verse yep. 6, again, he brings the firstborn into the world. He says, let all God's angels worship him. So it's like he is on a different level. Right. Right. The angels come to worship him as the firstborn, as God in flesh, as, as God incarnate. Mm -hmm. It's the angel's job to serve him and worship him in that way. And, and so the author just goes to great lengths to just separate this out. Yeah. So one of the things that um, we're doing 
in this series is is really encouraging people to be reading along mm -hmm. and spending time in the text throughout the week before um, we come and listen to the teaching on yeah. Sunday and just kind of familiarizing ourselves with it. Um, and so one of the things that kind of stood out to me as you were saying about uh, Jesus being God's son um, was verse three where he says that he is the exact imprint of his nature. And that kind of like, just because I've been doing this Genesis study, brings me back to the difference with us where we're made in his image and his likeness, but Jesus is the exact imprint. That that just really stood out to me. That was kind of cool. Yeah, and I think that's so important for us to see, right? That that, that was a what, a, what a grace of God to show us what he's like, because mm -hmm. we can't know what God's like, right? We can't in our art, because we're created. He is, is infinite and the creator. We're created. We can't know what he's like, right? We can't grasp it in our humanness. So mm -hmm. what he does is he shows us to what we can understand, this is who I am uh, by, by bringing himself in flesh and, and sending the son. He's, this is who I am. This is how you can relate to me and understand me and, and see me and look at me and touch me and be ministered to by me and be loved by me and all of these things that happen because he is the exact representation, the exact imprint. Um, and and that is, it is such a big deal. Um, that that's the case. And, and, and I like the distinction that you made too, Malia, because we're made in God's image, mm -hmm. um, but we're not God. Right. Um, it's the difference. Yeah. And, and this is this metaphor is going to fall apart once we dig too deep. So let's just look at it on the <laughs> surface, right? So, so I understand it's flawed, but we're flawed people, so we're going <laughs> to yep. use it it's the best we can. It's the difference between a drawing and, and a picture, mm -hmm. right? It, it's the difference between something that captures your essence like perfectly and then my best hand drawing of you which is not really going to even look like you at all when I'm <laughs> done, but but there's a difference right one is i've got no problems you know you think about um i've been um watching you ever watch the show elementary it's like this whole sherlock Holmes things it's not awesome but it's not terrible it's on hulu i've been watching <laughs> old reruns of it uh but because it's a detective show oftentimes they have these um sketch artists come in and and do drawings of people. Um, and, and it kind of looks like the person. Um, sure. But you know what? That's never as good as we have them on video, right? right? And we can, we can see them on video. Right. Um, one is, is kind of a, it's, it's the image of. Sure. The other is that's, the, that's them. Yeah. And it's, it's just this difference that yeah. we have to understand. It kind of reminds me of uh, when Tyler was younger and he used to draw a picture of me. Every time I would have pigtails and a triangle dress on, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and never, never in my life, <laughs> at least in adult life, have I worn a dress, really, or pigtails. And it's just so funny, like, in kids' heads, you know. Yeah. But, but and, and, I mean, yeah. I know it sounds so elementary. And like I said, it falls apart when you dig too deep into the Sure, but, but no, on, that, that makes sense. On the sense. surface, that's what you're talking about, right, is this, this representation of God. He is God. In flesh. Is he yeah. God in fullness? Absolutely. But because he's in flesh, we're not experiencing all right. of that. But what we can perceive in, in the physical realm, the, what we can see and touch, and, and, and that's how we interact with him. And, and that's, he's far superior in that. Do you have anything to add, David? Uh, no. I'm good. 
mean, he's good. I honestly don't own any of that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just. It, I, I'm, I'm feeling kind of inadequate because I don't have my little notebook. I mean, you guys can't see this. We, but have, we both have our, we Matt, our little scripture Matt and Malia journals. have these little scripture journals. and I love these things. They <laughs> are, I, at first, I wasn't sold on them. But, man, once I started using them, I just I love them. Say, this is never going to be my regular Bible. No, right? but, but when for when I'm you're deep through, diving, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do appreciate, too, how this, this chapter ends. Right? So chapter 1 ends with, and, and to which of the angels... Has he ever said, he being God, which of the angels has God ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Um, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Like, so, so God is, is saying to Jesus, you are supreme. You are sovereign, right? Like, you are the king of all things. And angels are yours to direct um, and to minister on your behalf. And so there is just this, this huge dichotomy. And the author just wants us to be clear that, that God is superior, right? And so um, it starts off with this, this evaluation. Like, I think the book of Hebrews has five different things that it tries to accomplish. Um, and the first is, is it tries to help us evaluate. Why is Christ superior? And that's going to be a theme that comes back over and over again. And it just starts with, because he is superior to all spiritual beings and then it kicks into chapter two which kind of gets into some some exhortation which is i know david where you picked up yeah yeah so uh you know as i was kind of processing through what i wasn't able to share on sunday that just kind of hit me with chapter two um of course anybody that didn't wasn't able to hear it or haven't listened to it on online yet you know we chapter two takes that shift and starts talking about humanity it, it picks up uh you know the same kind of well the same theme of chapter one in the sense that the author now starts talking about Christ's superiority but then he also talks about Christ's uh willingness to submit himself to becoming lower than um angels and and it's intriguing is that you kind of look through chapter two and it I feel like the author starts laying out God's, um, uh, while it all, of course, attaches to the gospel, I, I feel like chapter two, the, the author starts laying out the gospel a little bit more in detail because now it starts talking about uh, the plan being put into motion in the sense of Jesus's birth and, and coming in humanity and becoming lower than the angels and the plan of God starting to unfold and the will of God starting to be unfold, uh, unfolded and I guess what I would like to share as I was thinking through this and kind of like, well, what do I want to pull from chapter two that wasn't necessarily brought? Um, I, w I want to encourage anybody that there, if you struggle to share the gospel with some, with people, I feel like I can, I'm going to give you two verses in chapter two that you can use and walk somebody through the gospel very simply and very easily. Um, right in chapter two, uh, I, as I was studying this and I was kind of looking at this, I was like, man, this is a whole nother sermon I would love to do. Um, but uh, verses 14 and 15 um, of chapter 2, and, and again, it's that Christ is superior, and then he comes and he, and he does this for us at, mm -hmm. through his death and resurrection. But it says, uh, I'm going to read it, then I'll explain why I see this as the gospel. Uh, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Um, I'll just walk you through what was, I was just like, this is amazing, uh, that it walks you through the gospel in perfect clarity. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. So first off, the author is telling us the condition. Um, he's saying, because we are flesh and blood, 
And, and the significance of this is not just our humanity. The Bible actually tells us in, in 1 Corinthians, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 50, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So there's the problem. There's the condition, right? It's just like because we're flesh and blood, we can't inherit the kingdom of God. That's the problem that we have. And he's laying out of that because so now the author is saying because we are flesh and blood, right, uh, Jesus made a choice. He shared in our humanity, right? So th this is the incarnation of like our condition, flesh and blood and sinful, and we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus makes the choice to share in our humanity, so he takes on flesh and blood. But what's significant about this, to go a little bit deeper, is Galatians 4.4 actually tells us that God chose to send his son, born of a woman, and he was born under the law, right? The, the only, the mm -hmm. only uh, humanity is the only thing that's under the law. You take Jesus' superiority, he had to be born as flesh and blood to come under the law. Because of his superiority, he's not under the law. The lawgiver cannot be under the law until he took on flesh, until he made that choice. So, you know, just right here in this, these two verses, you have the condition of us, and then you have the choice that Jesus made and the significance of that because he can't save us from the law unless he comes under the law. So we see his, you know, born in flesh and blood, and then in the same verse, then after this, it starts talking about the choice, right? So he shared in our humanity so that by his death, there's the cost, right? There's he made the choice to be born, flesh and blood. Now there's the cost. And, and there's the heart of the gospel, right? He, he was born in the flesh because of our condition, and he paid the ultimate cost by his death. And, and then finally, the, the, the author finishes it to say what the outcome was of that. Because of his death, right, he, he destroys the one who holds the power of death. There's the victory. There's the new life. There's the, so, you know, just in two verses, you could actually sit down and, and walk somebody through the gospel just in those two verses. Mm -hmm. You, you mm -hmm. could just explain to them, say, here's, here's, our, here's our condition. We're flesh and blood and sinful, and we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus made the choice to come and be born in the flesh and come under the law so that he could live this sinless life and, and he could rescue us by his death, which was the cost of our condition. And then this is the outcome. The outcome is a freedom. The, the outcome is destroying the power of sin, destroying the power of death, destroying. So just in two verses in chapter, in chapter 2, you have the entirety of the gospel that you could set down and very clearly just walk somebody through that in, in four steps of the condition, the choice, the cost, and the conclusion. Mm -hmm. This is what happens, mm -hmm. right? And, and so, um, but chapter 2 in, in itself just drips of, you know, another thing that, that uh, I think is important to understand with chapter 2 and talking about the humanity of Jesus is, one, once again, Jesus enters into our context in order, becoming flesh and blood, in order to blaze the path, if you want to say, leading us back to the Father. Mm -hmm. You know, because it, it says actually... In verse 10, it talks about him being the author of our salvation, right, and bringing many sons to glory. He is the author, meaning he is the creator and trailblazer that we must follow in order to get to the Father. And, and I think it's important for us to understand this is um, not only did Jesus create the path, he also defined it. He says it's narrow, mm -hmm. right? He's like, I created the path, but it's narrow. It's very restrictive. And as the creator... He gets to say that, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, who are we to, to kind of? It, it drives me nuts. I think when when um, people or or worse yet, churches try to redefine the path, mm -hmm. right? Like, who are we to redefine a path? Jesus made the path, yeah. so he, like you said, he should be the one to get to say this is this is the right. parameters of right. the path. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and, w- and when you think about that, you know, just to stress it for us, because it, it's important not to fall into a false idea of this, the path that Jesus created wasn't just a path of belief. Uh, again, belief is a big part of it, but we fall into this line of like, well, I believe, um, I mean, this is when you look at chapter two, it lays it out. It's self-denial. It's, it's dying to self. It's the cross. It's the, yeah. it's the empty tomb. It's it the kinda, ascension. It kind of shows us our place, you know, where there's such a contrast between chapter one where, you know, Jesus is superior and it's, he's higher. And then two, there's a lot of wording that's like, you know, he was made lower he was under his feet. You know, there's, it's just a, mm. in my mind, that visual. Yeah. Well, and, and chapter two also has a, a very important uh, verse that is very easy to jump over, and I alluded to it a little bit on Sunday, but it's it's verse 11 where it talks about, you know, the one that is holy and is making us holy. Um, that That's a big part of the path, too, and, and that's I think that's a part of the path that a lot of people today uh, neglect or think is not appropriate or necessary. Holiness. This the holiness, this idea of, well, I believe, and I got my ticket. But I, know, I can live how I want. But to. I'll do what I want, right. and, it, and it's my life, and all that stuff. And it's it's a very horrible distortion of what Jesus' humanity was the intention of it in the first sure. place. I mean, because when you think about Jesus' humanity, one of the things that I, I love about the idea of Jesus' humanity is you, you have to understand there are certain things that Jesus did that you kind of question, like why did he have to do it? One would be his own baptism. And the like the, the Holy Spirit coming down upon him, Jesus in his humanity also limited himself in the sense of he relied on the power of the Holy Spirit because he was showing us this is the power that is going to be yours, mm-hmm. right? So, so when we look at Jesus' life and we say, well, he was Jesus, yeah, but he set aside his own power in that sense and, and he relied on the same spiritual power that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. So when you look at Jesus' humanity, we can't just sit back and, well, that was Jesus. Right. Yeah, but. He still learned. Yeah, yeah. he he put himself in a position of dependence. Mm -hmm. And he put himself in a position of, you know, and and people can question, and I love the debate on this. I'll tell you where I I fall with this. I don't believe necessarily that Jesus healed people through the power of him. He healed people through the power of the Spirit of God that was he, he submitted to. Sure. Like he submitted to this ministry. He submitted to the gall that God had on him, the mm-hmm. Father had on him. So, I mean, that's how I've always viewed that is, of course, he is the son of God. And, of course, but he is also our example, and he's also our standard, and he's also the one that we strive to become. And when we kind of put his humanity in this box of unattainableness, like, well, I can't be that because he's Jesus. Well, then that doesn't fit with he became completely like us in order, you know, to save us. So um, that's one of the things I just, you know, when I look at the humanity of Jesus and especially laid out in chapter two, I, you know, it's just some great stuff in there. Um, yeah. Well, and, so. and what did, what did, when you talk about that, what does he say? He says, hey, um, you're going to do even greater things than this, right? Like that, that's what he tells his followers. So it's like, and you can't play that, well, he's Jesus card when Jesus himself is saying, you're going to do even greater things than this, you know? And so it's like, well, okay, then we should probably be doing this. Yeah. 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 No, that is, that is great. Like, like that picture of the gospel there, um, in, in 14 and 15, I think, um, the way you laid that out is, is really awesome. And, and it, and it kind of reeks of, of what Paul says in Corinthians, right? Um, you know, 
1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. I'm glad it reeks. That's uh, awesome. Is that, is that the wrong word? Yeah. Do you want, what word do you want me to use? I, I don't know. I just said reek to me is kind of like know. that. Man, that's just Don't nasty. ask me. Talking <laughs> is hard for me today. It's common. <laughs> um, uh, well, anyway, it, it, it <laughs> smells like, in a pleasant way, I guess, um, the, uh, the, what Paul says in, in you know, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about, hey, you know, death is swallowed up in victory, right? Oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? It's gone because of, of, of this reality, right, that he came to deliver um, through the power of death, delivered um, through his death, delivered from the power of death and, and abolished, you know, that fear that we all live in because we all know this is temporary. No matter what we say, we all know this isn't going to last forever, and, and, and that's scary, right? That, that dictates a lot of our behavior and actions and anxieties. And, uh, and then you get to, you know, this, this idea of, of uh, in, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, you know, he talks about like that we speak for Christ. You talk about like you can walk somebody through the gospel in these two verses. That's our job, right? We speak for Christ when we say, hey, come back to God because he's not counting your sins against you in Christ. And that's, mm -hmm. that's, this is now true because of these things. And so there is, there's just something really powerful about knowing you, you don't have to be a theologian to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. If you know enough to right. accept the gospel and live under the gospel, then you know enough to tell other people about it. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to know how the life raft is constructed. Mm -hmm. You just have to know how to get in it. Um, and, and then you're good, right? Like that's enough to start having conversations with people. Yep. I think we... we that happens all too often that we get people that don't know enough. And they're like, oh, I can't. I don't know enough. We're yeah. all always learning. Yeah. That's the, the beauty of it. Um, before we wrap up, I do have a question. Um, I kind of feel like I'm representing, like, regular people <laughs> when we're reading through Scripture. It's the second well, time in the last two days we've been told we're not we're regular. regular. We're <laughs> well, regular people. I mean, you know. Uh, so what is this? So I'm looking in... My ESV version in verse 9, chapter 1. All right. Um, and it says, um, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And then my NIV version says the oil of joy. What is that? That's mad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in chapter. verse two. I, 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 no, I, no, that's chapter not one. Says, chapter one. But I was in chapter two. Chapter one. Let first, me, let me go verse nine. Yep. Nope. That's okay. I'm sorry really, to put you on the spot. I wasn't really listening to you. I was reading <laughs> real quick what it said for myself, and then I was in the wrong chapter. So uh, you're talking about verse nine in, yes. in chapter one. Yep. Um, so so this this whole section, verse eight and nine, really kind of go together. Sure. Um, and and so we're talking about being that, that Jesus is again why he's superior to angels that he is enthroned and anointed, right? So your throne, go back to eight, your throne, this is what God says about Jesus, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You've loved righteousness, hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. This is, this is the, uh, what we would call, the fancy word would be accoutrements mm -hmm. of royalty, of, of being God, you know, accoutrement is, is like the things that go along with. So if you were a king, like you would have a scepter and a crown and, and a throne, and those are the accoutrements of your position. And, and this is this is God saying, look, you have been enthroned, like you are forever and ever seated. Um, you have the scepter of, of, of your kingdom and this uprightness. And, mm -hmm. and, and 
because you've loved righteousness and hated wickedness, like, like this, is your, this is your reason for being, is to love righteousness and hate wickedness and destroy wickedness once and for all, that, that you've been anointed with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Just this accoutrement of like, you will um, have joy in this. And we, we read later in Hebrews that, that for the joy set before him, mm-hmm. right, for the gladness, for this, this completion of work, for the joy set before him, that Jesus embraces the cross, right? Not because he loves the cross, but, but it's the joy and, and gladness of, of loving righteousness and hating wickedness and defeating death uh, once and for all. And so there's this, it's an accoutrement. It's the anointing. So I don't know if that, cool. if that makes it more yeah. clear or, yeah. or muddies the water at all. But <laughs> I don't know. It was just something that stood out to me that I underlined. Yeah. I think that's why people avoid Hebrews sometimes. Sure. I think people avoid Hebrews because it seems harder to understand, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah, and, I get it, that. and it seems really that. like like the book of Hebrews is really pokey, mm-hmm. right? Talks about holiness and righteousness and, and discipline, a lot of this, right? So it pokes <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And so I think people might avoid it for that reason, but the other thing is they avoid it because they just there are things we don't get. Sure. Um, that's why we're doing this, right? That's why we're doing yeah. it. And, and and the encouragement there is, look, even if there's something you don't get, um, we can understand thematically what what's going on and what what's being talked about, and two. Um, ask, right? right? Like, so I appreciate yep. that question. Ask, yeah. like, there's still the question box out there. Yep. Um, write it down. Send I was just going to say that. Yeah. Because this will be the focus of our podcast throughout the series mm-hmm. is to dig deeper into some things that we haven't covered and yep. answer questions if any come in. And, um, and and I think there's value in us learning this together. Absolutely. Um, and I would also say this um, that if you're reading Hebrews for the first time, mm-hmm. I would recommend using a study Bible. Mm hmm. Um, like a, you know, like a life application study Bible or whatever, but simply because, I mean, it is very heavy in Jew, uh, Jewish understanding and Jewish theology and, sure. um, the history of, so, so if you're not as well versed in your old Testament or in, right. in, um, some of these, these Jewish things, sure. it becomes more difficult to understand Hebrews. And so right. ask those questions, go back and use a study Bible to kind of, to yep. weave through some of that. But well, and I this would inc- is all understandable. I would encourage people too that um, while it can be difficult sometimes, um, sometimes that's part of it is sitting in the unknown and maybe having questions and not fully understanding stuff. Um, I think that sometimes when I have the best thoughts and I don't know, it's just I, I kind of enjoy that piece of it, which is kind of weird, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's where you allow the Holy Spirit to teach yeah. you. Right? If we yeah. knew everything and we understood everything, then we're not teachable. Yeah. Right. If we ever get to the point where we're like, oh no, we got it all. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, not a spirit right. that's that's worth anything. Sure. We need to be teachable. Yeah. It's worth every second you spend reading and thinking. Um. So I guess I would just be encouraging everyone to follow along with our study guide that we have typed up. Uh, If you need a copy of that, we have copies here at the church still. I've got a digital copy I'm happy to send you, so let us know if you need those. Um, And then like Matt said, be asking questions if you are reading stuff and 
something stands out to you and you're not sure what it means, drop those questions in the box out in the lobby or uh, send one of us an email. And if we can't get to it on a Sunday morning, we will most definitely tackle it uh, during the podcast time. So yeah, and this week is chapter three and chapter four. Yep. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, it's a great place to start if they haven't started yet. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks for listening.